Hey folks, Joyce Vance here. The Supreme Court is back in the news this week. The state of Mississippi is asking the justices to overturn Roe v. Wade, the landmark decision that affirmed the right to have an abortion. Meanwhile, Trump ally Thomas Barrick pleaded not guilty to federal charges of illegal lobbying on behalf of the United Arab Emirates. And the first Capitol riot defendant to be sent to jail after a felony guilty plea was sentenced to eight months in prison for obstructing an official proceeding. Preet Bharara and I discuss all this and more on the Cafe Insider podcast. And today we're sharing a clip from the episode with listeners of Stay Tuned. To hear our full conversation and access all other Cafe Insider content, try the membership free for two weeks. You can do that at cafe.com slash insider. That's cafe.com slash insider. And for a limited time, use the code Joyce for 50% off the annual membership price. We look forward to having you as part of the Insider community. There is so much going on. Where are we starting? I think we're going to start with the issue of abortion. Oh, that takes us to Mississippi, doesn't it? Uh, indeed, indeed it does, <laughs> as often it does. By the way, as a matter of background, for folks who are not from Mississippi or not familiar, it's not like abortion is readily available in all parts of the state. How many places can one get a legal abortion in Mississippi at this moment? I believe in one, and that would be in Jackson, Mississippi. One place. And now there is a law that has been challenged in Mississippi, and the issue has been litigated in the district court, in the circuit court, and now it looks like it's heading for the Supreme Court. And the law at issue, and then I'm going to let you take it away, Joyce, is a ban on abortion after the 15th week of pregnancy, which people will tell you, including the litigants in the case, seems to violate one of the doctrines of Roe v. Wade, that there can be no ban on abortion until viability, which I think most scientists will say comes after 15 weeks. What's going on here? One of the real problems with this case, and, and look, I mean, I'll just put my biases on the table here and say that I'm a staunch supporter of a woman's right to an abortion. So I think it's important to share your, your preconceived biases with people. That said, this situation in Mississippi went from bad to worse this week because initially Mississippi was essentially arguing that Roe did not need to be reversed in order for the Supreme Court to rule in their favor in this case. It was not particularly exceptional that the district court in the Fifth Circuit voted against Mississippi because they were compelled to follow Roe, which is precedent. And Mississippi's argument in the Supreme Court was, you know, you can let us have our 15-week rule without doing away with Roe completely. But that's now off the table. Mississippi has just filed its first full brief in the court and that brief essentially argues that Roe and Casey, one of the cases that follows it, need to be done away with. So before I, I send it back to you, Preet, let's just lay out the background of the law. I mean, most people are familiar with Roe, but it's important to remind people that it created this penumbra right of privacy and placed the right to an abortion within it. And that's been much of the, the source of the dispute over the years with conservatives and anti-abortion forces saying that it's not really a right that's grounded in the Constitution. 
But in 1992, so Roe happens in 1973. In 1992, the court gets to a case called Casey where they could have reversed Roe, and they didn't. Instead, they held that it's an undue burden on a woman's right to an abortion if a law is intended to or has the effect of making it more difficult to get an abortion. And so this undue burden test is what carries forward into the modern era. That's, for instance, what causes the uh, court in Stenberg versus Carhartt, the late-term abortion case, to strike down that law, saying it was an undue burden on the right to an abortion, with no exceptions for a, a woman's health, which is a very important part of the calculus. So here we are now with Jackson Women's Health Organization versus Dobbs and a full frontal attack on, on Roe and Casey. Yeah, and I think one of the things people are talking about is this fairly dramatic shift in tactic. You and I, and before you and I, Anne and I, talked extensively about the strategy in various states to sort of pick away to the right to choose. In some cases, there are laws about making sure that physicians who are performing abortions have accreditation at a nearby hospital and all sorts of other regulations that don't go right to the heart of the abortion right in Roe, but again, sort of undermine it, dilute it, piece by piece. In this case, the state of Mississippi is saying outright, yeah, there's this case that's in the way. It's called Roe v. Wade. Ignore it. Overrule it directly. And it may be, and I'm wondering what you think about this, the brazenness of this new legal argument is a result of the makeup of the court. And just to give people a sense of how head-on the brief is by Mississippi, here's, here's some of what the brief says. Quote, under the Constitution... May a state prohibit elective abortions before viability? Yes. Why? These are rhetorical questions in the brief itself. Why? Because nothing in constitutional text, structure, history, or tradition supports a right to abortion. A prohibition on elective abortions is therefore constitutional if it satisfies the rational basis review that applies to all laws, end quote. And then it goes on to say, quote, this case is made hard only because Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood of Southern Pennsylvania v. Casey hold that the Constitution protects a right to abortion. 50 years, 50 years of Supreme Court This case Court is precedent. made hard only because of Roe and Casey. Jeez. Well, that's somewhat significant. And I was kind of taken aback. Forget about what my views are on the particular issue, on the policy issue. That's an unusual sentence to say, you know, go to court and say, this case is only hard because precedent says we can't do this. What do you make of that? I mean, it's absolutely astonishing. And think about all of the issues that could now be reversed if we decide that, well, the last 50 years of Supreme Court precedent isn't particularly persuasive. I got one for you. This case is, you know, let's say pro-segregation. This case exactly. is made hard only because of Brown v. Board of Education. Exactly. That was exactly the, the issue that comes to mind. Why not go back to Plessy versus Ferguson? And, you know, it's absolutely... I'm just going to say fascinating, so I don't have to say something that I'll, I'll regret later on, that the state of Mississippi has the hubris to make the argument that modern women in America seem to be doing just fine. They've got great jobs. They're very successful. And the response that I would make to that is something that we've talked about before, actually, that Justice Ginsburg said in her dissent in Shelby County, you know, when she talked about the stupidity of abandoning your umbrella in the middle of a rainstorm. 
And that's really what Mississippi is arguing for here. They're saying, well, look, abortion laws have worked so well. They've balanced rights between, you know, prenatal birth rights and and women's agency over their bodies so well that women have made these great strides. So now we can just undo all of that. That's essentially what this brief is saying. Can I read one more sentence? Please. From the brief, just so the non-lawyers understand how nutty it is. Of course, nuttiness is in the eyes of the beholder. And depends on what the makeup of the court is. And the brief says, Roe and Casey are thus at odds with the straightforward, constitutionally grounded answer to the question presented. So the question becomes whether this court should overrule those decisions. It should. And then here's the sentence that is striking to me. The stare decisis case for overruling Roe and Casey is overwhelming, which is odd because stare decisis is about adherence to precedent and Roe and Casey are the relevant supreme precedents in the matter. So the idea of the star, what am I missing? The stare decisis case for overruling stare decisis is overwhelming. Does that make sense? No, there's absolutely nothing here that makes sense. And, and, you know, on a same note, there's an amicus brief filed in, in this case. Amicus is a brief filed by people who are friends of the court who maintain that they have an interest in the outcome. And in this situation, the amici are Senators Hawley, Lee, and Cruz, who say that because they are legislators, they have some interest in sticking their, their business into this issue. And their argument is that the undue burden standard in Casey fails to meet a level of workability that would justify it. So it's not entitled to stare decisis and and to the protection of prior precedent. These arguments, I I mean, I'm just going to say it for what it is. They are nonsense. They are oppositional to our rule of law principles that we operate under. They are oppositional to the way the courts work, and they are dangerous. You know, as you point out, and, and we almost do it in joking, it could be used to reverse Brown versus Board of Education. But there is No policy decision that conservatives don't like that they couldn't use this same sort of argument to undo. We could see 100 years of progress in this country eradicated on the basis of this sort of cheap argumentation. So, Joyce, can I ask you another legal question? And I'm asking you in part in your capacity as the former chief of appeals in your U.S. attorney's office. So that's a very sort of high position. And you have thought about legal strategy not just in trial, not just in hearings, not just in witness prep, but also how you make an argument to the court, particularly when you're trying to get the court to overrule a prior decision. Usually it's the case, I would guess, that you would say, look, we know we're asking the court to do a lot. We know these precedents have been in place for a long time, but for lots of reasons, including the continuing debate, including the advance of science, which they say, in this case, you should do the thing that is ordinarily difficult to do. And we don't ask lightly for you to do this, right? That's kind of the tone you would take. Here, Mississippi in the brief basically says this is easy. This is not a hard question at all. Here's another sentence from the brief, quote, overruling Roe and Casey makes resolution of this case straightforward. And they're saying, once you do the hard thing, then obviously the resolution of the case is easy, but they keep using plain and flat language like straightforward and easy and clear. Is that tone and tactical choice makes sense to you? Maybe it makes sense in the current world. So there's a difference between Mississippi's attorney general and the appellate chief in a U.S. attorney's officer, the solicitor general, and that's that the Mississippi attorney general will be running for re-election soon. 
and presumably this brief is written in a tone intended to curry favor with voters. And that actually— You're saying, Joyce, (laughs) this is a political brief. It is not meant to have maximum legal force? I think actually it's meant to do both. And part of what's troubling about this brief is that it does make the assumption that there are six or at least five votes on the Supreme Court so they don't have to be— careful about their tone and sort of lure the justices into to voting for them by giving them a rationale. They seem to assume, as you read this brief, that their win is a fait accompli. It's interesting because there's a case, it's probably three years old now, an 11th Circuit case authored by the then Chief Judge Ed Carnes. It's a similar abortion case out of um, what was then an, an abortion facility in West Alabama in the Tuscaloosa area. And Judge Karn starts with a graphic, vivid, one might say overblown description of an abortion procedure and then says that the only reason that he has to vote to affirm the abortion clinic's ability to continue to operate is because of bad Supreme Court precedent. Now, that was a case that was clearly not written with a goal of having the Supreme Court reverse, because given the composition of the court then, they knew that that their case would not go anywhere if, in fact, the court even agreed to hear it. But that was a, a federal judge sort of railing out in what struck me at the time, and, and I have enormous respect for Judge Carnes, who I think is a great jurist, and I understood that he had passion on this issue. It nonetheless seemed like a, a really sort of almost a frightening approach for a judge to take in a case. Mississippi, we see sort of the flip side of that. We see a, a state attorney general who just assumes that they have a winner because they feel so confident about the composition of the court. But let me ask you this, because this is something that you're really better suited to answer than I am. 2022 is coming. Will the Supreme Court, as part of its calculus, when it hears this case out of Mississippi, will they consider the impact that reversing Roe would have, likely sending American women off to the polls with an enormous sense of agitation over the future and perhaps influencing whether or not control of the legislative branch stays with the Democrats or reverts to Republicans? Do you think that they'll consider that? How dare you ask that question? Because the Supreme Court and all of its members are supremely apolitical. Isn't that right? (laughs) But look, in more serious answer to your question, you know, this is a prospect that has been addressed by our colleagues. Thanks for listening. To hear the full episode, head to cafe.com slash insider and try out the membership free for two weeks. And for a limited time, use the code JOYCE for 50% off of the annual membership price. That's cafe.com slash insider. To the many of you who've chosen to join the insider community, thank you for supporting our work.